Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 27th is 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. These are two short letters written by Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the believers in Thessalonica, which we had just been reading about in Acts 14, 15, 16, how missionaries went there. The church, the ecclesia of God was advancing, and Paul stresses how much he loves them. He encourages them to love one another. He talks about the physical, literal return of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are all much anticipating. And he references several times in these letters how these believers were chosen by God. Chapter 1, verse 4, Paul writes, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. The days are leaving us, at least in Western Christianity, where we had to use deductive reasoning and logic and even physical true science to prove that the Bible is true. There will always be a place for that, and I'm so grateful for the work of apologetics that we can rest our faith on, but I'm even more excited for God to confirm His Word by the Holy Spirit with power and with full assurance that when people meet God, there would be such a work of God that there would be no other explanation for what took place. When God met me, I was depressed and angry and scared. But after he brought me into the faith, I was full of joy. I was laying hands on people and seeing them healed. There's just no other explanation. I know that I know that Jesus is real. I met him. No one could ever convince me that it didn't take place or that he's not here with me even now. That is the faith of the Thessalonians, and it's coming to the believers worldwide, even now as we close out 2023. Many believers today want to see, we long for a move of the Holy Spirit in power where there will be that full assurance, and it will take place when we as a body of Christ take this letter literally and apply it to our own walk and how we love the Lord, and how we endeavor to live holy lives, and as we love and build up one another in unity of faith. Paul applauds the Thessalonians in chapter 1, verse 6, for following their example, the example of Paul and Silas and Timothy, in spite of severe tribulation, welcoming the message of truth with joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's leave room for Holy Spirit to work in us. He is where true joy comes from. We also see that Satan is alive then, hindering the work in chapter 2, verse 18. Paul, Silas, Timothy wanted to come to the believers, but they were hindered by Satan, unable to go. And so they sent Timothy. In verse 19, it says, for who is our hope or joy or crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? In other words, what are we going to be proud of when Jesus returns? Isn't it you, you believers? You are the crown 
of our boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. The crown is the fruit of their labor. The fruit is new believers who love the Lord, who are passionate, and who are in turn discipling others and sharing the gospel. The authors write a prayer for the believers there that the Lord would cause them to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, the same way that Paul and Silas and Timothy do for them. Oh, that we would all overflow with love for one another. In so doing, may he make our hearts blameless before him. Chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Chapter 4, verse 3 says, God's will is our sanctification. It is one of the primary purposes that we endure trials of every kind. It's for our sanctification. It's our setting apart. It's our being made holy as he is holy. Let us endeavor to be holy, to be sanctified. It is God's will. Chapter 4 begins talking about the return of the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 13 begins speaking about the return of the Lord Jesus and this doesn't have to be controversial, although many people make it that way. If we just read the scripture, compare scripture with scripture, it's actually quite clear the way it's laid out. It's been muddied for us by false teaching. And so instead of reading books about what people think, let's just read the scripture and see what God says by the power of the Holy Spirit through these authors. Those who have fallen asleep, this is referring to people who have died, believers in Jesus Christ who have passed on, will return with him. It says in verse 14, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Verse 15, we who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In the second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, they talk about what's going to happen to the unbelievers at Jesus' return. Those who don't know God and who don't obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength on that day when he comes to be glorified. He's returning once more. It's very clear in scripture. But that day cannot come, chapter 2 verse 3 says, unless the apostasy comes first. Apostasy means falling away. It could also be translated defection, like when two nations are at war and soldiers from one side defect and go to the other side. They forsake their country. They forsake their army. They rebel against the oath that they took. This apostasy is referring to believers or supposed believers who defect away from the side of truth and join with the enemy camp. It's not just a falling away in the sense that, oh, they've had a hard time and they don't believe anymore. It being in the army of the Lord and forsaking that to become a detractor to the truth, one who rages against the truth. It's an apostasy. And we are seeing that today, aren't we? 
how many people do you personally know who were once believers or at least claimed to be, and now they rage against the truth? That is apostasy. And also the man of lawlessness must be revealed, the son of perdition or destruction. Your Bible might say the man doomed to destruction. Better translation instead of man is son. But the man of lawlessness, that is not referring to a specific person. If you look at the Greek, there are two different words that are translated man. One is anthropos, same word we get anthropology from. It refers to mankind, the human race, a collection of people. It refers to men and women together, a group. There's another Greek word that is translated man that refers to one individual, like a specific person, like that man over there. The word here used in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, man of lawlessness, is the anthropos Greek word. It's referring to a race of people, the mankind of lawlessness, those who are without law, those who will not submit to the truth. It's not a specific individual. It's a collection of people. It's like saying the flesh of the world. It's the natural man apart from the spirit man who will not submit to the truth. So instead of looking for an antichrist, which isn't really referenced in scripture, there's a spirit of antichrist, of being against Christ, anti. But this man of lawlessness is not a specific man. It's mankind. It's a subset of people, the majority of people even, who refuse to submit to the truth. It's this one who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. It's the person who says, I'm not going to worship a God who would condemn people for their sin. I'm not going to worship a God who would tell me that what I feel is wrong. And we're seeing that play out in society today, aren't we? Where people refuse to submit to the truth, where people rage against those who would dare tell them that it's wrong for them to buck the natural order. In verse 8, where it says, the Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. It's referring to that flesh man, those who exalt themselves against the truth of God. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. What's worse, they rage against the truth. We'll jump back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and Hit these highlights, verse 16, rejoice always, pray constantly or without ceasing, never stop, give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Don't despise prophecy, but don't just accept everything that's spoken, test it. Hold on to that what is that which is good and stay away from every kind of evil. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's endeavor together to be sanctified as Paul urges the Thessalonians. God is urging us today, be sanctified, grow up, be holy, become mature.
for his glory, for the advancement of his kingdom. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I do have a real estate business helping people buy and sell real estate. If you are thinking about making a purchase or selling property, please reach out to me through agentdaviddoty.com. And if you are a real estate professional, no matter where you are located or where you are in your business, I'd love to talk with you about partnering with us at Call It Closed International Realty. Thank you for your consideration.